Welcome to Playmakers, everyone. I'm Haley Elwood. It is week eight. The Los Angeles Chargers are back off their bye and getting ready to take on the New England Patriots at home. So joining me is Lindsay Rhodes. Lindsay is the host of the NFL Rhodes Show, also DirecTV Fantasy Zone, and the newest member of the Chargers Fan Club. <laughs> Yay! I'm here. I'm here. I'm one over this year. I'm completely one over, like jumping in both feet. Let's do this. Yeah. Welcome to the bandwagon. I know that you had a Daniel Jeremiah on your podcast a couple of weeks ago. It was an awesome episode. And you were talking about that. You were talking about how, you know, NFL fandom, when you work in the media is a little different, a little weird because you kind of abandon maybe that one team, but you kind of can dip like TV shows. You gave a good analogy. You like Succession, <laughs> you like Ted Lasso, you can like all of them. The Chargers are one of those TV shows you're now following. Just kind of what are your impressions of this team and why are you uh, coming on board? Well, so most notably, the first thing that I was like, I'm here for this is Justin Herbert just yeah. is one of those quarterbacks. I'm, I'm not breaking in news here. Everybody knows this at this point. Like he is an ascending quarterback. I think he's somebody that we're going to be talking about for years to come. That is going to be in that conversation at the top of the league, the top quarterbacks in the league. When everybody puts their lists together, he's one of those names that's going to come up for years. He's so good and he's not perfect. Nobody, I mean, no, but nobody's perfect, but he's not at this point in his career. There's still, you know, those plays. It's not like they're just moving the chains all the time, but like when those big moments come up on third down, he nails it. He's so clutch in ways that I think are hard, you know, that, that like clutch thing is hard to track tangibly, yeah. but it just feels like he has that. And that's exactly what the chargers have been missing for. I don't even know how many years we don't need to go down that road, but I feel like he's the guy who kind of puts you over that hump so that now you're winning the games that you should be winning. You're not losing those games at the last second, like that have plagued the chargers for so long. He's just a special talent. He throws a beautiful ball. He makes big plays. I just love him. I, you know, he's kind of an, a low key personality, love yeah. the hair, like the sweet lid coming out the back of the helmet. Like he's just got a lot of swag. I like him. And yeah, then the Staley. He's the he got and the headband Staley. too. For sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Staley, how can you not like Staley? I don't know how anyone could listen to Staley talk about anything about football, the way he handled the question about Gruden, um, all of it. Every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, that is exactly what, if I were a fan of a team, I would want my head coach to say to that particular question. I just love him. I love how aggressive he is. I love all the fourth downs. There's a lot to love. Yeah. I'm, I'm in love. I'm in love with the chargers. I'm we'll here. take it. <laughs> we're excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. I think the one thing with Staley too is when you talk about how he presents himself to the media, I mean, he's the same guy in the meeting rooms. And I think that's where you can see the buy-in on this mm -hmm. team happening and this team being four and two right now. Like I said, coming off their buy. But um, but it seems to be working. It seems to be working really well. I do want to ask though, because I know you kind of workshopped maybe some fan club names with DJ. Oh gosh. Did yeah. you come up with one? No. No, no, no. <laughs> No, I'm still, so I'm taking suggestions. Okay. And since Chargers fans are primarily the people that are listening to this, yeah. you know, hit me up, Lindsay okay. underscore Rhodes on Twitter. I'm here for names of my newfound Chargers fan club. It started out a Justin Herbert fan club and the suggestions I got were like Rainbow Herbert and Just Incredible. And I kind of love those because they're so bad that they're actually yeah, good, good, you know, like it should be cheesy. It's kind of like a fantasy football name, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you, you're looking for something thing that just makes you like groan and roll your eyes, but also smile. But now that I have really, uh, 
I'm, I'm adopting the whole team um, and not just Justin Herbert. Now I need suggestions that are a little bit more inclusive. Sure. So yeah, <laughs> we'll open those up. Hopefully you can get some, we'll tweet it out. Get, get some people to tweet right? their, uh, their options to you. All right, let's get to this game. Chargers are four and two, Patriots three and four. Hate to go back to last year, but just gonna, you know, we have to mention it. it's the elephant in the room. The Pats beat the Chargers 45, nothing. Two very different teams, mm-hmm. but this game is taking place on Halloween. I know Chargers fans do not want to be spooked again by Bill Belichick and his hoodie coming into SoFi. What do you kind of overall make of this matchup? I think this is a big test for the Chargers. And I think it's kind of a low key big test. I think a lot of people are not really um, giving the Patriots a lot of credit this year. And for good reason, we understand what we saw from them last year, though Chargers fans know better than most that sometimes, you know, even a not so good Patriots team can, uh, can hurt you. Um, yeah, but, but this year, I think what the Patriots are doing is like, they're, they're building, they're sort of slowly putting something together. And last week I think was a big week for them. You had, um, uh, it was the New York jets, right? So understand. And then you even had Zach Wilson get hurt. So you're talking about a backup court, but like, it was a, it was a mess from a jet standpoint and yes, like, okay, take the opponent out of it the Patriots did exactly what you're supposed to do against a team like that though. And the fact that the Patriots put up 54 points, I think it was off the top of my head is incredible because that is not an offense. So from a fantasy football space, which is the Sunday show that I do, you look at the Patriots and you're like, I don't know about the assets because it's just such a low volume. You know, they're like one of those teams that's like death by paper cut. Like it's not exciting. It's not big play. It's not the chargers. You're not going to hit up Mike Williams, you know, for 20 plus. And you don't have like a guy like Austin Eckler, who's going to explode for, you know, big offensive numbers. They're just going to kind of like methodically do what they need to do to try to win the game and be in the game. And in week six against the Cowboys, that was Mac Jones throwing the ball 21 times. He had seven pass attempts in the first half. They were all perfect though. I mean, yeah. it was seven for seven <laughs> for a hundred yards and a touchdown, exactly what they needed to do. Uh, and, and this was in an overtime game. They took Dallas yeah. to overtime. And that was a game where, so Mac Jones had 21 pass attempts and Dak Prescott had 51. Like it's just, they're, they're not that volume off. You know, they're just that team that's like a little bit scrappy and they just sort of do their job. And it's all the boring Bill Belichick stuff that you've heard for years. But then last week, you've got 36 pass attempts against the Jets and you have Mac Jones's first 300 yard game. And so you're starting to see that he can do some of the things that we were wondering he couldn't do. He's he did go downfield a little bit more. So I think that they've just been very smart with their approach to him and that he is a very good quarterback for that particular offense and team that doesn't want a quarterback that's going to go in and make mistakes. Like he's not going to lose the game because he's going to go out and make a bunch of mistakes at a rough one against the Saints. Um but Aside from that, he's not turning the ball over. He's very efficient. He knows where to go with the ball. He knows how to get out of trouble. It's not sexy, but it's effective. And then this week in particular, when you've got Damian Harris, Mm -hmm. um, who can attack you on the ground and you and I both know that that has been an area of weakness or uh, not a strength for the chargers. And then you've got Brandon Bolden that can come out of the backfield and they can use him in the passing game. I think that when I look at the Chargers schedule moving forward, there are a handful of teams that I go, okay, this is a team that they should beat. And then there are a handful of teams, one, 
two, three, four, five that I starred as I think t- that games that are going to be a little bit more tricky for the chargers, not that they're going to lose, but I think that it'll be, you know, I, know. I can't, I right. I can't say for sure. Like, Oh, the Chargers should definitely win that game. And the Patriots is one of them because of what they can do on the ground. And because of how smart Belichick is, I think all of this conversation about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the fact that like, Oh, Tom has proven that it was Tom all those years. I think it's absurd and dismissive. (laughs) And, um, and I think that, you know, give Bill Belichick a little bit of time and uh, some, some weapons and a quarterback who is a little bit like Tom Brady, you know, yeah. and I know I've, I've actually talked to a lot of people around the league who have said that. And then they immediately go, like, I'm not saying he's the next Tom Brady, just stylistically. And in terms of what his strengths are and how he's not going to hurt you, there's a lot of similarity to Tom Brady. Yeah. Like you kind of mentioned it, you know, he's more methodical. He's more of that kind of pure pocket guy. You look at someone like Justin Herbert, when you kind of mentioned earlier, extending the play on third down, for those of us who have been around the Chargers for years and had the Philip Rivers era, you know, you get the guy like Herbert, who's a little more mobile, can extend those plays. Can it do the QB little, sneak. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That too. It adds a little bit of a different element. Um, when it comes to that Baltimore game, Herbert had said, you know, where they kind of got defeated was the Ravens defense just brought a lot of looks that they hadn't seen on tape. They disguised a lot. Tom Brady was on this Manning cast earlier this week and Peyton had asked him about defenses and he said, you know, Bill kind of keeps it the same. That's sort of what he does, but what is the key to going up against a Bill Belichick coach defense? Well, he, I don't, I don't know that he has any, the thing I think that he's really good at is tailoring that week's game plan to that week's opponent, right? Like some people, some coaches approach things with like, here's my philosophy. Here's what I think is best. Here's the way that I think we are best built to succeed. Um, And sometimes I think that that works, but I think what he has done is he's built a roster for himself where he can kind of go, this is your week. This is your week. And then, and we've all known this again, from a fantasy football space where the offense it's hard to trust any of them because you don't know if they're going to be used on a week to week basis because it's purely matchup driven. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot to be said for that on the defensive side of the ball too. They have some losses in their secondary that might be exploitable. Um, you know, you're going to see a lot of cover one. They overwhelmed as you know, the chargers offensive line last year, the pass rush was insanely successful. So I think that you have to be concerned about that a little bit, particularly after what we saw Baltimore do to mm-hmm. Justin Herbert and just bringing the pressure and doing so somewhat successfully. So I think that that is something that you have to look out for, but I don't know that I expect what they did last year to be as much of an issue because the chargers offensive line is better, better yeah. than it was last year. So I yeah. don't know that you can continue to do all that stuff. It's a lot better. I mean, especially when you look at that left side with Rashawn Slater and what he's been able to do up against some of the premier talent, they've faced a lot of really good teams over this first, you know, chunk of the season. And obviously Matthew Judon is a different kind of animal and he'll be going up at, you know, up against him this week at SoFi. But, but yeah, I get that. And, and both of these teams, like we said, are different. Bill Belichick talked about it. I mean, he heaped praise on Justin Herbert and the chargers as he usually does. I always love playing the Patriots because you get so soliloquies of seven minutes of oh my uh, gosh. the the right guard let me tell you for 30 minutes how great he's doing like yes he, he knows these rosters it's nuts like he, he will filibusters like, too Haley yeah <laughs> but like 
first name basis with guys on, you know, whoever maybe the backup cornerback is, but, but he did it. And, and you know what, it's legit. Like the guy it's legit. And we know like what he said about Herbert is true and everything like that. But when it comes to the coaches, all these kind of matchups that the chargers have had recently, whether it's going up against Stefanski or John Harbaugh, this one against Belichick, it's kind of old school, new school, almost mm-hmm. when you look at those two coaches, right? Very much. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way of looking at it. And the, the Patriots uh, two weeks ago did something. Uh, I think it was, yeah, it was against the Cowboys when they took a knee several times <laughs> at the end of the half, they like blew a lot of clock. I think it was close to like a minute and a half. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, that's the perfect example of something that I feel like Brandon Staley would never do. Right. Brandon Staley feels like he's fully embraced analytics and uh-huh. would understand like the number of plays that we have. If we can add, if this gives us a couple of extra plays, we're going to take those shots because that increases our chance to put points on the board. Like it's all of the math stuff. And that's actually one of the things I love about Brandon Staley is it feels like, and again, this was something that he said in a press conference that, uh, you know, made me feel warm and fuzzy, but I think that there's something to be said for humility in a leadership position. And I think Daniel Jeremiah said this on my podcast. And I think, um, it really resonated because I think one of the things that you're looking at in a leader these days in particular is somebody who can say, I do not think I have all of the answers, but I am totally open to collecting as much information as possible. Like anyone might have a good idea and I'm open to hearing it. And I love that. I love that he is willing to take in the analytics stuff. And then obviously he's putting that, you know, he's weighing all of that Mm -hmm. stuff with a coaching decision in a specific, like, he's not like, okay, well, every single situation like this that presents itself is going to be exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. But he's open to hearing it and he's not shoving it aside because he knows best, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think we do still see some coaches around the league that do that kind of thing. And I don't know that that's the right approach moving forward. Yeah. It's an interesting when you bring up sort of processing information and taking it, he's made that very clear from the beginning about the collaboration that he wants with these players. He talked about, I think it was OTAs or training camp. I forget, but talking to guys and, and sort of going over plays and, and getting their input. What do you like? What do you like on first down against this team? What do you like? And then collecting that. And he said, look, it makes guys feel more confident when they go into games on Sundays. Isn't that weird though? Because I think a lot of people think that in order to be taken seriously as as a leader, they have to at least act like, or, or present themselves as if they have all the answers, Mm -hmm. like they're going to be the position of strength and don't worry. I got you. I've got this figured out. Whereas I think particularly younger people now, and the guys that are in the game right now, there's like, just as a society, I think everyone has sort of gone down a road of authenticity is what we're all looking for. Nobody wants that like stilted announcer thing. Nobody wants the anything that just feels false and to have a coach standing up there and presenting themselves in a way that suggests that they do have all the answers. It just feels false now. And Bill Belichick can kind of get, a, get away with that too, because we all think he does have the answers, right? Like <laughs> he's been doing he's, this he's, for how long, right? You have that built in credibility, but particularly for a young coach. And I think there's some examples around the league that should go unnamed mm-hmm. um, where the way that they're approaching it, I'm just kind of sitting back from a distance and going like, this isn't the right way because those guys are not going to believe you. And I think you actually build up belief by being 
somewhat vulnerable, vulnerable might not be the right word, but by suggesting like, Hey, I am open Mm -hmm. to all of this because I don't have all the answers. I think that that actually weirdly makes them trust you more and feel more confident in your leadership that you're going to make the right decision. Yeah. Cause they know, they know you don't have all the answers. They know you're not perfect. Right. And they have good reads. I mean, they have their meters, they can sense BS or whatever it is, you know, don't want to use that word necessarily, but you know what I mean? Like (laughs) they get it, like to put it your way, you know, if someone isn't being authentic and I think you see that too, even talking with someone like Derwin James, where he said he was texting Brandon Steely a thousand times to draft a Sunday Samuel jr. And luckily the board shook out the way it did. But I asked him, I'm like, that was so early on in your relationship. You guys had only kind of known each other for a couple months now, but you could see that even back then, even so early on, it was building and it was like that. And then here we are in week eight into the season and it seems to be growing. Yeah. And Derwin James, by the way, since you mentioned him, Mm -hmm. holy moly, what a talent. Yeah. If he had just been, you know, hadn't dealt with the things that he'd had to deal with at the beginning of his career, I think that that guy would be a household name. I know. And it's been fun watching him on the field with Nasir Adderley, you -hmm. know, which is again, something that we haven't had a chance to see to the degree that we'd wanted to see it. And then I think also, you know, was a, a, a thing that hurt them against Baltimore. Yep. Not having him back. What is, what is his situation in terms of playing this week? I believe he will play. Um, I believe he's practiced fully the last couple of days. You know, that's a good thing for this chargers team too. They're getting healthier. Whereas in Baltimore, you know, you didn't have drew tranquil. You didn't have Justin Jones up front. You didn't have Kenneth Murray. Drew, I believe, was practicing. Justin, I believe, and and this year, I think all those guys likely, hopefully, should be back. Or as Staley likes to say, trending in a more positive direction. So you get that health, which is good, which is something that was missing over the last, you know, the last time at least that this team took the field. But I'll ask you this: in terms mm-hmm. of fantasy, what do you like in terms of for Chargers? What are you liking in this game? Oh gosh. Okay. Um, ah, I haven't really looked <laughs> at the game matchup in terms of like. Uh, let's see. I mean, I think you always, I I don't know. I feel like the chargers are one of those teams that you in fantasy, there's a saying like play your studs, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like don't overthink it. Yeah. And I think the chargers are kind of that team um, in terms of Austin Eckler and um, Mike Williams, certainly Mm -hmm. this year. Um, and how about like Joe Lombardi's offense for him? Holy cow. And, uh, Keenan Allen. I mean, I think you, you just play all of those guys. And then on the Patriot side, it, I I would want to fire up Damian Harris and I would want to fire up Brandon Bolden. And unfortunately in a couple of my leagues, I have to fire up Nelson Aguilar and I might have to fire up Kendrick Bourne because it's a very deep league and my roster is gross at wide receiver, but uh, they got really interesting last week with Kendrick mm-hmm. Bourne throwing a touchdown to Nelson yeah. Aguilar. So again, to, to my point about like last week, they were doing a bunch of things that you wouldn't expect them to do based on what they had done for the first six weeks of the season. So I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I think that it, I think it'll be close. I think, I think the chargers should win. I expect them to win. I think that that game against the Ravens is, you know, a lot of teams have those kind of blips on the radar. Like it's just an off week and nothing's going their way in the matchup. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it happen with the Ravens for crying out loud. So, uh, I, I don't know that there's a team out there and the Cardinals, you know, we're taping on Thursday here. So this could, 
this, I think this is a tough matchup for them tonight, but you know, they're the only team that hasn't fallen to somebody. So, and I think there's a, well, I don't even want to say, cause if people are listening on Friday, I don't want to look stupid or whatever. If they just <laughs> like run, run the Packers. Yeah. But. but Hey, it's a week to week league, any given Sunday, Thursday, Monday, luckily we're only playing on those days this year and not a COVID situation as much as last year, but oh my gosh, I know, but yeah, but, um, before we go, I actually just want to touch on Mike Williams really quickly. Cause you just mentioned him from that fantasy perspective and just from sort of an NFL perspective overall, you mentioned him as a fit in this Joe Lombardi offense. It's been incredible to see what he's been able to do, but just how impressive has that been? And maybe has it been surprising to you at all? There- I, I, I've been totally surprised. Um, and I don't know that I should have been, I mean, people who are closer to the chargers, like yourself, maybe you saw it coming because you're seeing him out there at practice. I think for those of us that are just kind of watching the games, it, it, it's easy. It has been easy the last few years to kind of forget about Mike Williams. You know, he's Mm -hmm. that guy who you're like, well, there's so much potential there, but it just hasn't really panned out. It hasn't panned out consistently. And I don't know if that's just been usage or injuries or like, or a combination of all of it. But this year, I mean, you could get Mike Williams in drafts this year, and he's like a league winner at wide receiver. He's been very consistent and just, um, the way that he's used in this offense, I mean, it's affecting Keenan Allen's fantasy value negatively just because, but that, but sometimes what is bad for fantasy (laughs) is good, is great for real world football, right? You want as many options as possible. You want guys that are harder to double. Like you look at the lions and TJ Hawkinson is pretty much the only fantasy asset that they have from a passing game standpoint outside of DeAndre Swift coming out of the backfield. And it's, it's taken a toll on, on TJ Hawkinson's value because you're seeing teams double team the tight end because they're not really worried about the wide receivers. The chargers are obviously a team that doesn't have that problem because they can attack you in a bunch of different ways. And so it's great from a real world standpoint that you have Mike Williams and you have Keenan Allen. And then from a fantasy standpoint, obviously got two very playable assets and I I think Mike Williams is going to win some people, their fantasy leagues, because, you know, if you can get a guy that late in a draft, who's going to produce the way that he has produced, that's, that's how you win them. That's what we like to hear. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on. If you want to check it out, check out the NFL roads show, wherever you get your podcast. We look forward to this one. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Go chargers. Give give me your fan, fan names, fan names, send them to me. Send them to Lindsay. Thank you.